0: This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Allow doubt of the message that God had given me for today to try to seep in and say, this is not for today, but I feel the Holy Ghost kind of urge me and say, it is for today. It is for today. And I know our young people and kids, and I know they want to go to class, but I want them to hear this message today. Just turn your Bibles to Romans chapter number 9. Chapter number nine and uh, verse number nineteen and twenty. And then we may go over and read First Corinthians. But I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. If you're a guest here today, I pray that this service and the message here today will you can take it home with you. That God will inspire you to do a work for the Lord. Let me just warn you, I may get pretty bold today in the Holy Ghost. If I step on your toes, if I speak something that kind of sets you back in your seat, don't get mad at me. I want you to hear my heart today. Romans chapter number 9, verse 19 and 20. I'm going to read from the King James, and then I'm going to read the same verses from the NIV. It says, Thou wilt say then unto me, Why doth he yet find fault for who hath resisted his will? Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay? Of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor. I'm going to read it from the NIV version. One of you will say to me, then why does God still blame us? For who is, who is able to resist His will? Verse number 20, but who are you, a human being, To talk back to God. Shall what is formed. Say to the one who formed it. Why did you make me like this? Verse number 21. Does not the potter. Have the right. To make out of the same lump of clay. Some pottery. For special purposes. And some for common use. You were made in the image of God. Somebody say amen. I said you were made in the image of God and in His likeness. You were called for a specific reason. God is going to reveal that to us today through His Word. Let's begin to pray right now. Lord, we love you. I thank you, Jesus. Lord, I feel your kind of glory in this room right now. I feel the unction of the Holy Ghost. Let us not try to contain it. Let us let your spirit just begin to flow out of us, begin to minister to us, begin to touch us. I pray, God that we lay aside every distraction right now and to hear the word of the Lord. If you are being distracted by something, I want you to rebuke it and say, you're not going to distract me today. I'm going to receive something from the Lord. Come on, I want you to pray that. I want you to say, Lord, help me with the distractions right now. Help me to receive what you have for me today. If you need to repent, repent. Ask God to forgive you. In the name of Jesus, you may be seated. A lot of times I don't give the title first, but today I want to tell you exactly what I am going to preach. I title today, Where Did We Lose the Apostles? Where Did We Lose the Disciples? Where did we lose the call of God? Where did we lose the presence of God? Where did we leave the call of God? Where is our life leading us today? So I ask the question to you and to each person in this room where did we lose the apostles? An apostle is a disciple, a follower. A missionary, an evangelist, and we put them on a high regard, but that's really not what the disciple or the apostle really is. It is somebody who carries a message. I said it's somebody that carries a message. Somebody that is not afraid to speak that message. It is a vigorous or pioneering advocate or supporter of a peculiar policy, or idea, or cause. It's the synonyms of an apostle is an advocate, a promoter, a supporter, an upholder, a champion, a booster, or a proponent. The Greek origin of apostle is apostatelian, which means to send forth. The Hebrew origin of apostolos means it's a messenger. So the definition of an apostle is one sent on a mission. I said one who was sent on a mission. People in today's society put that on the pastor that he is the one who was sent on a mission. But I'm going to reverse that and rebuke that spirit and say we all are called for a mission. We all have the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We all have the weight and the burden to rise up and be a promoter of Jesus Christ and him crucified. One of an authoritative New Testament group, an apostle is sent out to preach the gospel and made up especially of Christ's 12 original disciples and Paul. Apostle was one of the first proponent Christians. Uh, a prominent Christian missionary to a region or a group. The definition of an apostle is somebody that goes where nobody has ever dared to go before. To speak a message that not has not been preached before in that area. I'm here to tell you today, where did we lose the apostles? Where are the apostles of today that will not be ashamed to walk into your work and say, Thus saith the word of the Lord. Where is the modern day apostle that is not ashamed to cast a vision of what God has for their life? Say, Pastor, what are you trying to say? I'm not an apostle. No, but you may not be a defined clergy or defined apostle. But what I am trying to tell you, the definition of an apostle is one that has a burden to carry, a message from the throne of Christ. Where are the modern day apostles that don't need a title? All they need is a name that is above every name. Where are the modern day disciples that said, yea, they slay me, yet will I trust the name of Jesus Christ. You may say, young people, I'm too young. No, you're not too young. You say, elder, I'm too old. No, you're not too old. Because God has called us to carry a message for this generation. An apostle is a person who initiates a great moral reform or who first advocates an important belief or sy- or system according to several statistics and bear with me just for a moment because you got to hear this according to several statistics the approximate total of lives lived is about 108 billion with over 6 billion people that are alive today with all the 108 billion that have lived And are all living, uh, or and and are living, most are unknown, most are living or leaving just their names in society. Some have done more than others, no doubt. Some have affected thousands, perhaps millions, during or after their life. There have been philosophers, scientists. Rulers, politicians, musicians that have a name that still carries long after their death. Some have become world-famous musicians, good or bad, reaching deeply into the lives of millions. But there is one name that is above all those names. There is a leader greater than any leader. There is somebody that is greater than any elite group out there. In all the groups, that there is one person who stands out from all. All the rest in such a way as to make him genuinely unique. No other human being in history has attracted such a combination of attention and devotion, criticism, adoration, and opposition. Every recorded word he spoke has been studied and shifted, analyzed and scrutinized by generations and theologians, philosophers, and others. Every one of his recorded actions has attracted the same intense interest today 20 centuries after his death there is never a single moment in which less than several million people are reading what he said and did and trying to apply the significance of his words and actions to this to their lives who is this man I tell you the name is Jesus there is no other man in history there is no other man in the 108 billion that has changed the world world like Jesus Christ nobody knows the exact date of his birth but that one event divides the whole of the world's history into years labeled BC and AD he never wrote a book but More books have been written about him than about anybody else in history. The nearest thing we have to his biography, the part of the Bible called the New Testament, has been translated, get this, in the whole or in parts, in about 1,500 languages. You see, he never painted a picture or composed any poetry or any music, but but nobody's life. And teaching has been the subject of a greater output of songs of plays, of poetry, of pictures, and films, and videos, and other art forms. He never raised an army, but millions of people have laid down their lives for the name of Jesus Christ. Hear me today, it has been calculated that every year the almost unbelievable number of 330,000 of his followers are martyred for the faith. He never spoke to more than a few thousand people at any one time. But today, Christianity has over 2 billion followers. Over 30 or 40% of the world's population is in the largest religious grouping the world has ever known. He set foot in only two countries. He had no formal education, but thousands of universities and seminaries and, and colleges and schools have been founded in his name. He never owned any property. He had to borrow a boat to, to sail in. He had a donkey to borrow a donkey to ride on. And even a coin to use for an illustration. But all around the world, the whole world today, thousands of buildings have been erected for the sole purpose of teaching his followers and adding to their number in his own lifetime. He was a relatively unknown outside of his own small country. But in the current edition of Encyclopedia Britannica, the entry on Jesus runs nearly 30,000 words. You see, while it took almost 1,800 years for eight principal denominations to form, the apostolic church that spawned the eight would scarcely be recognized by the New Testament church. I want you to hear me right now. With the Spirit moving in today's services. With the presence of God moving the way it has been in this church, I wonder if the old or the New Testament apostles would walk into this place and recognize the people of the name. I wonder if the Apostle Paul walked into this place and would he recognize another apostle? I wonder if Peter walked into this room, would he look at the walls? Would he look at the nice TVs? Would he look at the nice microphones? And he would look across the congregation and say, where are the modern day apostles? We talk about the view of Jesus and how he looks at us. But when we look at the New Testament apostles and they lived faith, they lived sacrifice, they lived the king of kings. They were all for the kingdom of God. It was Jesus Christ and him crucified and nothing else. And would we even look like the New Testament apostles? We have our fine clothes. We drive nice cars. We have an air conditioning, a heated place to come and worship. And yet we want to complain about the things that we already have. I wonder if the apostles will look at our complaints and laugh us in our face and say, with that spirit you're going to a devil's hell. Don't you understand that Jesus Christ is risen? Don't you understand that he is your author? Don't you understand he can be your finisher? Don't you understand he can heal you? I believe the apostles would walk in and shake their heads and look at your family and shake their heads and say, don't you understand who Jesus is? Where are the apostles? Where did we lose the apostle message? Where have we left it? Where is this church going? I'm here to tell you today, we will go nowhere and die a miserable death like the statistics of many churches if we do not have an apostolic, apostle attitude in our life. Oh, we can dance and we can shout. And I love what my wife said, talking about a way maker. And we can do that in the house of God. And and we can thank the Lord. But somehow, someway, our carnality, we pick up at the door. And we lose sight of the apostolic message. told you I'm just going to preach it. With the spirit very much present in the apostolic church today. And subsequently, even the post-apostolic period. It is interesting to study the compromises of the principles so clearly taught in the early church. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. Now we have received, this is the New King James Version. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. Let me just stop there. If we're going to be the apostolic messenger of 2019, we cannot put on the spirit of the world. You need to take that spirit of the world in you and say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus and put on the power and the might of Jesus Christ. Mm. Here's what I have learned. Some will respond to this message. Others will dismiss it and say, that's not me. But it is you. We are in this modern day. We are in, approaching on 2019. And God is calling for people to rise up and say, I see a new day apostolic. I see somebody loosen the chains of the spirit of the world. And they have not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Let's go back to that scripture, First Corinthians 2.12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. That tells me if I don't have the presence of God, I can't see the things that God wants to freely give to me. I heard one man say this, that, that, if, that if you can't hear God, you're probably not reading his word. And we all, in this day and time, we want God to speak to us. And God says, well, I gave you 66 books of my word. We just want a revelation from God. And God says, I did give you a revelation. I need a fresh touch, Lord, in a service. I did. There is a fresh touch right here in my word. I just need encouragement in my walk with God. There is encouragement in your walk with God. I don't how to commune with God. Now I'm gonna hear you. The word will teach you how to commune with God. How do I pray when I'm down? The word of God can teach you how to pray. I just need the pastor to lay hands on me. No, you don't. I said, no, you don't. I said, no, you don't. All you need is a hand raised and say, Jesus, speak to my heart. Show me in your word how powerful and how wonderful you are. Church, up to up to 1800 AD, what had happened after the church was existing in the New Testament? Once the spirit of the world began to settle in, and compromise became the order of the day, the church began to own peculiar decent or descent from lofty doctrines initially taught. I find it very interesting that the faith of the New Testament apostles does not look like the faith of today's church. It doesn't. The New Testament apostles, they walked down the street. They said, Silver and gold have I none, but such that I have, give I unto thee. Rise and walk. Where? What do we do now today? We are so perplexed and fear because we put on a worldly mindset that we're afraid of what people will say. We'll walk by the lame. We'll walk by the sick. We'll walk by those that need God and shun them because we are too good. If they only made it to the house of God. I'm a pastor of this church, but do not wait for 1030 on Sunday to speak the message of Jesus Christ. Do not wait for Wednesday night to say, thus saith the word of the, where's the modern day apostle that will speak the word of God with conviction, with power. We're too concerned about a position. We're too concerned about my song. We're too concerned. I'm just going to preach it, right? You're too concerned about the ways of the world. You're too concerned about trying to idolize certain things. I don't want to idolize anything but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Come on, where's a modern-day apostle that will get a little bit of gumption in your spirit and say, I'm going to walk by faith, not by sight. I'm going to walk in the walk of Jesus Christ some of you young guys and there are many of you in here that have been called of God your card doesn't mean a hill of beans that's man made man made philosophy I had my annual membership card on my desk and I used it for a bookmark last night that's all it is to me really and I need, to be, I need to be accountable to an organization. I need to be accountable to a man of God. And I believe all that. But if I put more stock in a card than I do the presence of God, I have missed my a moment to be a modern-day apostolic apostle of Jesus Christ. Some of you are about to find your place in the kingdom of God. Let me tell you where your place is in the kingdom of God. Study the word. Show yourself approved. Be faithful to the house of God. Be faithful to the presence of God. Get carnality out of your life. Put on the man Christ Jesus and walk like a modern day apostle. The world has infiltrated the church to a place that the New Testament apostles would not recognize today's church compared to the New Testament church. I told you I was going to be a little bit strong today, and this message may not be for everybody. If you are a guest here today, I apologize that you're hearing a pastor's heart, but I'm here to tell you to cast some vision for 2019. I'm looking for a few people. This ain't the Marine Corps, but I'm looking for a few good men and women that will step up and say, Jesus Christ is my author. Jesus Christ is my finisher. Jesus Christ is where my faith comes from. Jesus Christ is the king of my home. Jesus Christ is the king of my job. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is a rub something that we have to identify and something we have to work on is that getting our selfless desires or our selfish desires at the foot of the cross. If I come to you and I point out selfishness. Do not be mad, mad at me. Be mad at Jesus Christ. Because this is not a self-service service or a self, self-proclaiming self kingdom. This is the proclaiming of Jesus Christ, not the proclaiming of self. It is not the proclaiming of what I do and what you do and how these things will work out. All we need to know is if I get carnality and a junk of this world outside of me, then I will love my brother like I should. I will love my neighbor as I should. Get my selfishness beside. Get my selfishness behind me and let me walk towards Jesus Christ. I wonder if we can clap our hands to the Lord right now. Come on, clap your hands to a worthy God. Come on, clap your hands if you're in agreement with this pastor here today. And say, I'm about to shake off the dust of this world. I'm about to shake off the carnality. I'm going to shake off my selfish desires. You. I say, Pastor, what are, you, what are you preaching about 2019? I'm preaching 2019 because we're going to define what kind of church we're going to be. I say, what kind of church are you want to be? You want to carry the message, you're going to allow somebody else to carry the message don't you rely on just a pastor to carry the message. That's the problem with this new world uh, agenda. The apostles didn't rely on the pastor of a certain area to carry the message. They carried the message with them wherever they went. I'm here to say that Paul carried the message that way. He went to that fire and that viper came out and took his hand. Paul had the message of God in him so much, he just shook that viper off back into that fire. I'm here to tell you when you carry the message of the apostolic and you carry the message like an apostle and you carry the message of Jesus Christ there will be things that will rise up and try to kill you there will be things that will try to dissuade you but if you're full of the power and the might of Jesus Christ you can shake off that thing you can shake off that enemy <laughs> the disciples or the apostles where they find any modern day apostles would they see the same dedication or sacrifice? Would they see people who die out to their selfish desires and seek God? Would they find a body of, everybody say, true believers? Would they find the gospel being preached in the manner that it should? i point it at myself. Would they see signs and wonders following the church today? Where they find people laboring together, everybody say together, together with Christ. That's what the Bible says. Would they find brotherly love working together for the unity of the faith? What would they hope to see? Will they see a group of selfish, carnal people motivated by their own desires? God forbid. I wonder what they would think about the buildings we convene in, how we dedicate Sunday to the Lord, how we polluted the Sabbath, if you will. and we have failed to dedicate ourselves to the best use of the Lord? Hmm. I want you to examine yourself right now. Is this vessel... That God created. Have I talked back to the Lord. And said. Why have you made me this way? 1 Corinthians. Chapter number 2. Verse number 6. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them. That are perfect. Yet not the wisdom of this world. Nor the princes of this world. That came to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God. In a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory which one of the princes of this world knew for had they known it they would have not crucified the Lord of glory But verse number 9, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared. Everybody say prepared for them that love him. That tells me my mind can't take me to the place of all the blood or all the love that Jesus has yet to bestow upon me. But I stop God in his presence, in his footsteps when I put on my selfish and my own ideas and my own Agendas. Where is the saint of God that will stand up and say, I will die out to flesh and say, Not my will, but thy will be done. You say, Well, let's read on. Verse number 10, 1 Corinthians 2. But God hath revealed them unto us by his, everybody say, his spirit. God does not work other than his spirit. That's why the apostolic, the apostles of the new day, you can't be relying on your own carnal ideas. The church of today cannot rely on our own thoughts and our own mind. God gives us a mind to think, yes, but I need to clothe that in the beauty of holiness. I need to clothe that in the beauty of the Holy Ghost. I need to clothe that with the, with the beauty of authority in my life. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the Spirit of man, which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Don't come to me telling me you heard from God. When you haven't opened his book and you haven't prayed in six months. Don't tell me that you heard from God when you're speaking to somebody carnal in this world and you're getting good advice. I'm here to tell you today, I don't want just good advice. I want kingdom advice. I want a kingdom spirit speaking into my life. I want the presence of God moving in my life because I cannot see what's coming down the road but if I get the mind of Christ he will give me a glimpse into something that is beautiful give me a glimpse of something that is true give me a glimpse of something that is real But you put on your mind of carnality, your mind will take you down a road you're not prepared to go on. But I'm here to be, if you get the mind of Christ, you are prepared. You will put on the armor of God, and he will protect you and keep you from what is coming because you have the mind of Christ. Let's read on. Which things also we speak, verse number 13, not in the words which, oh, toy, I'm a, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. I pray that whoever gets behind this pulpit, whether you're teaching on a Wednesday night or you're preaching on a Sunday or you're leading worship or you're playing a piano or you're playing a guitar, I pray that you have the unction of the Holy Ghost in your life. I am not concerned about your human talents. I'm concerned about your ability to touch the throne of God. What kind of church? I believe the apostolic, the new day apostle, wants to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. That when I tickle the ivories, I play the sax or I play the drum. I am filled with the power of Jesus Christ. Verse number 13. Which things also we speak. Everybody say we speak. Not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. I need to pray every day, God, teach me something. Show me something. And if you're not speaking to me, open up his word and say, show me your word. Show me your glory. Show me your power. Verse number 14, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Don't come to me with your carnal attitude, thinking everything, and with your selfish attitude. You need to first pray and put on the spirit of God. Put on the spirit of meekness. Put on the spirit of mercy. Put on the spirit that says, God, not my will, but thy will be done. Some of us come to the pastor with your own agenda and your own thoughts, and you haven't put a time of prayer into it, or at least you say you did, but you really didn't, because I can tell it in your spirit that you didn't. I'm just going to preach it today. I'm looking for the modern-day Apostle. I'm looking for the modern-day apostle that has a message from God, that has been spent time in prayer, has spent time in his word, and that wants to rise up today. I want to see somebody that Paul would recognize. I want to see somebody that Peter would recognize. I want to see somebody that John wrote about and would recognize and say, this is he who believes in the word of God. I apologize for being direct today but I don't apologize but he that is spirit the spiritual judgeth all things yet he himself is judge of no man don't come to me when I've been praying and you ask me to give you my thoughts and you say well he just judging me no because I put it to prayer and when you put something to prayer then you say well he just judged me no you judge by the word of God So what are you looking for, Pastor? I'm looking for a modern-day apostle that is not afraid to put something to prayer. When you say you're going to put it to prayer, I want somebody to rise up and be what God has for us. Verse number 16, for who hath known the mind of the Lord? That he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Now, this is what I predict. I predict that some will walk away from this church and criticize this message. Pastor, he was talking about me, and I will never go to him again. I rebuke that spirit right now. That's nothing but the devil causing a wedge and confusion and a wall between you and your spiritual authority in your life. Can I put on the form of the pastor right now and preach to you just for a moment? Do not be afraid of coming to the man of God, especially when you have the mind of Christ. I can tell when somebody comes to me with the mind of Christ, and they don't. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. I'm going to come to a close here in a moment. For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos. Are ye not carnal? Well, I'm Paul. Well, I'm Apollos. Well, I'm this. I'm that. I'll say this since my wife is the leader of this. I'm the worship leader. This is my job. I have an opinion. I'm not saying my wife does that. I'm just saying because she's the one I can, you know. We get on the mind of ourselves. And pride sets in and puts a throne up. And then we have a kingdom through pride looking down upon the peasants and the common folk of the kingdom of God. I am not here to present to you saying I'm on a throne looking down at common folk. But the Bible says I'm a shepherd looking from behind. A shepherd, a true servant, a true apostle leads from behind. He encourages. He lifts up. uh, He begins to move. He goes and sees the one, brings him back to the fold. Make sure they all get into the fold. The apostle is the last one that gets into the fold. Making sure the sheep are in safety. Let me tell you, I'll give you a a good piece of leadership advice. You do not speak and people follow you. You don't just get up and say, hey, guys, follow me. I'm going this way. What you're going to have, you're going to turn around and nobody's following you. But if you have the plan of God. And if you have an apostle attitude, you say, God, show me what I can do and be a servant to your people, oh God. It's not I am Paul and you Apollos and and you're this way and that way. There can be no division in a church. People talking about one another, putting people down, but we need to say, I want to lift my brother up. I want to encourage them in Jesus' name. I want to exalt them. I want to edify them. Verse number five, who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered. In other words, God gave me a certain message and he gave Apollos a certain message. But God gave the increase. So then, neither is he the plant that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God. Well, I did the water, and I don't care what you did. God's going to get the increase. Don't come to me, Pastor, I prayed somebody through the Holy Ghost. No, God, you did not give somebody the Holy Ghost. God gave them the Holy Ghost. Right, right. Pastor, I baptized somebody. I don't care who baptized somebody. I want to know Jesus Christ as a new creature. And I'm thankful that you do all those things. I'm thankful for those people that have a willing to serve. But we, de- God deserves all the glory. You can plant or you can water. But God gets the increase around here. Okay, that's going over like a lead balloon. So we better read on. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are. Are. Oh, snap. Help my brother. I'm holding the finger out. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his labor. We're talking about pastor. I'm looking for the modern day apostle. Because verse number nine. Everybody say verse number nine. For we are laborers together. With God. You are God's husbandry. If you look at this word, the word says field. Husbandry means field. You are God's field. And then he switches it, he says, and you are God's. Building. He in other words, some of you are the field and some of you are the building. Some of you are in a workout in the field and others are part of keeping taking care of the temple. I don't know, but I'm here to tell you, no matter where you are, you are laborers together with God. Do not despise your fellow laborer. I wish they'd pick up the pace. Everybody grows in different places. Everybody ministers in different ways. And I say thank you, Jesus, for those who minister differently than me. I've identified five men in this church. And I'm going to honor them next week. But Brother Hayward, Brother Runyon, Brother Barkley, my father, and Brother Calhoun. These men are so different, it's crazy. We're all different. But that is beautiful in the sight of God. And let me just say this. Let me just, I'm I'm just going to say it. There is no place for racism in the church. And I have changed my philosophy on something. I used to say, well, I don't see color. I do see color. You know why? God gave me eyeballs, and I see color. But what I see in color, I see beauty. When you look at a rainbow, it has multiple colors. It's beautiful. When I look across a congregation, it has colors. That's beautiful. You say, Pastor, you're not supposed to see color. Then God didn't make you the way you. He made you, and he didn't make me the way he made me. He wants you to see me in my skin color, and he wants me to see you in your skin color and say, that is beautiful. That's what God wants us to say. He adorned this world full of color. He adorned this world full of people of different race, different backgrounds. And we do not need to despise one another for any condition. But we need to look at as the modern day apostle and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the beauty that you have created in this house. The Lord is looking for the modern-day apostle. Here's where we have lost the apostles. Jordan, you can come and play softly. Is we have allowed the world to convince us that God is not God. And we we limit the hands of God because our faith has been dashed and been convinced that this world has a hold on us when it doesn't. We have allowed worldliness into your home, to a place that you can't even recognize the world anymore. You've allowed certain things into your life that slowly over a period of time, just like in the first millennia, if you will, the church began to separate I find it interesting, I was doing some study that in the United States there is a separation between church and state. At least they're supposed to be. And when carnality and selfish desires begin to creep into the church a few hundred years after the apostles, the New Testament apostles had died, the government took hold of the church. And if you look through history, the priest's and the kings basically lived under the same roof, and the church and the government ordered what was going to happen to the world. I'm thankful that I live in a country that we have the right to worship the Lord the way we want to. I'm thankful that we're in the house of God, in a place that we have the freedom to do the work of God, but many still. Turn a blind eye to the king. So I ask today, if Paul walked into your home, if Peter walked into this place, would he look you in the eye and say, there's an apostle. There's somebody who loves God. I see their life. They love Jesus. one man say that if you want to know somebody's priorities, look at their bank account. You'll find out their priorities. And that's very, very true. I'm not here to preach a somber message to try to condemn anybody, to say that you're not going to make it. I'm trying to inspire you to become an apostle for Jesus Christ. Young people, live it. Don't be ashamed of it. Walk through the school. Put on the authority of God. Put on the beauty of God. And don't be ashamed or intimidated. Because I can see Peter and John walking through the city. They say, well, there's a lame man coming up here. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? Let's pray for him well, I know God can heal. I know, yeah, he can heal. Let's do it. Come on. Let's get some boldness about us. Maybe they had a discussion. I don't know. Or maybe they just walked by and said, there's a lame man, silver and gold. Have I none? Such as I had, give I thee. You see, the faith of the New Testament apostle is different than the faith today. It's because we have allowed carnal, selfish desires to dilute our faith and separate us from God. So here's what we're going to do. I want you to stand. And I'm going to ask for commitment in 2019. If you're going to put on the mind of Christ, if you want to be set apart and do a work for God, and you are determined not to let anything get in your way, I want you to come down to this altar. Don't let anything convince you otherwise. Don't, don't hesitate. If you say, I'm going to be a, a modern day apostle, I have a message. I have something that God has called me to do. I'm not going to be ashamed. Come on. This altar should be full of people. Now I want you to raise your hands. You've walked to the altar, but now I want you to raise your hands. I want you to raise your hands and commit it to the Lord. And ask God to reveal to you, through His Spirit, what you can do for the kingdom of God. Who you can talk to in the kingdom of God. Let me just say, this doesn't sound like a modern day apostle kind of prayer right now. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.